if we're working with an artist, they should be able to work with whoever else they want. So mm -hmm. first at will, second non-exclusive, and the third is our free trial. We start every single deal with a month or two months free trial, depending on the client. And that basically just allows clients to test us out, see how our work goes, see you know what type of you know business ethic we have, what type of work ethic we have. And uh, you know, it's really helped us onboard clients well, they feel comfortable and, you know, at the same time, we have yet to have a single client leave us despite that at will clause. So, Hi, my name is Aaron Fogelson and I'm the CEO of Doghouse and you're watching Folks Alert. Welcome to Folks Alert. My name is Kiko. My guest today is Aaron Fogelson. Aaron, how are you, sir? Doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Listen, I can't complain. How you doing? I'm just, I'm just living it up. I just came back from tour with Nisim. A lot of red eyes, but uh, we're keeping, keeping going. <laughs> well, where are you at right now? Because you look, you are in a dorm somewhere. Where are you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> you caught me. You caught me. Yes, I am an RA in the Harvard undergraduate dorms because I am finishing my last semester here at Harvard Law School. Plan on being a lawyer? Oh, uh, let's see, I guess. Hopefully things work out in the entertainment industry, doing more management and production. But I always have being a lawyer to fall back on. So very grateful to have that option. True. And there's a lot of legal stuff in what I do. So I'm, I'm sort of tangentially a lawyer. Definitely. How is it? How is it living there at Harvard? How is that? It's nice. You know, the food's all right. The kids are pretty relaxed. I do some advising here and there, but they're, uh, you know, usually pretty much able to take care of themselves. And it's a beautiful campus. I, I have no complaints. I'm very lucky to be an RA here. We're having a moment right now, right? I'm, I'm having a, a, uh, one of those um, Facebook Mark Zuckerberg. Um, mm -hmm. Gates moment. I'm <laughs> talking to I'm talking to Aaron, uh, who is about to branch off into the music industry. You're about to graduate with your law degree from Harvard, and you're about to be the next big thing in entertainment. <laughs> you're too good to me. You're too good to me. I don't Listen. know if I'm in anywhere near that tier, but uh, let's hope so. Let's pray. <laughs> well, technology is one thing, but w what were you? And the reason why I asked for this interview is because of what the discussion we've had privately, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Yet everything that you're doing in the music industry or in the, forget about the music, the entertainment industry mm -hmm. is quite different. Okay. Your yeah. whole approach to the entertainment industry is, I think it's long overdue, right? Because I appreciate that. Of, uh, when you think of artists, 
or talent mm-hmm. coming into this space, which is a it's a business, and there is a lot of legal jargon that goes on within yep. it. Um, yep. One can get lost. Mm-hmm. You, your company, Doghouse, kind of like cut off the noise a little bit and make things very simplistic for people to understand in layman terms. Hundred percent. How, how did you come up with that idea? So we decided to guarantee three things to artists, and I came up with this in a strat- business strategy for lawyers class at HLS. Uh, shout out to Catherine Spear. I hope she watches this. Um, she came up with something about. Uh, she told me something about strategy and how mm. companies need to have a strategy. And you know, I've always thought of our company as a company of fans. We're we're fans first. Like we are really about putting out content and creating content that is. You know, something that we can get behind, that we can be a fan of, and that we can enjoy. And so we decided to have a strategy that demonstrated and put our money where our mouth was, that we were fan fans first, and that we were artist friendly. And so we decided to make three guarantees. The first guarantee is that all of our contracts are at will, meaning anyone can come and go as they please, no strings attached. If you leave us the day you leave us, there will be no more payments to us, and you can leave without any sort of harm to you. No negotiations, nothing. You're gone. So. Um, that's one thing we did to make sure artists felt okay when they signed a contract with us, knowing that they could back out at any point. Number two, we decided that every contract should be non-exclusive because a lot of times we'll come to an artist with a great idea and they'll say, Hey, I'd love to do that. But my manager or my agent or my, this has exclusivity. And so I can't pursue that project. So we wanted to say, Hey, if we're working with an artist, they should be able to work with whoever else they want. So Mm -hmm. first at will second, non-exclusive. And the third is our free trial. We start every single deal with a month or two months free trial, depending on the client. And that basically just allows clients to test us out, see how our work goes, see you know what type of you know business ethic we have, what type of work ethic we have. And uh, you know, it's really helped us onboard clients while they feel comfortable. And you know, at the same time, we have yet to have a single client leave us despite that at will clause. So we feel very lucky that clients have stuck with us and have found that our work has been valuable once they've started. Uh, and either way though, if a client would want to leave, I would feel that it's their right and their prerogative to leave. And if they want to leave, clearly we're not doing the job we need to be doing to earn their business. So that's really where our mindset comes from and what makes us a little bit different. At the same time, I would just say, you know, we try to be the person who works just a little bit harder, that goes that little extra inch that's, you know, always trying to think ahead of the curve. Like I had recently my team try to test out ChatGBT and Dolly, mm-hmm. which is a new, these are two new AI softwares. Right. And we're trying to have them see how those could be applied to our clients. Even though we don't have a project in mind yet, that would be profitable for us. We're having them do that. And other things we do, like for example, we're doing a sync licensing project alongside the MBA, trying to get free sync licenses from independent artists for social media on the NBA. And basically it's good promotion for these artists and it's you know good content for these teams. And we've just been facilitating that completely pro bono. We don't expect to ever make a dime from that project. It's really to be there to serve artists. And so, you know, we're trying to put our money where our mouth is, do projects that don't profit us, that serve artists, put artists in a position where they can leave us whenever they want. And thank God it's worked out for us in a lot of positive ways because we've built a reputation of doing good work and of being honest, good business people. So, um, yeah, I appreciate you saying that it's long overdue because I agree. Definitely. You you juggle a lot of things. Aside from Doghouse, you've got your hands in a lot of other projects, companies that you're Mm -hmm. involving. But one artist in particular uh, that you represent is Nassim Black, right? Yep. 
how how did that relationship start? Because you you spent you spent some time with him overseas. I, I, tell me it's, about that relationship because he, he turned into a you met him as an artist and then you guys turned out to be really great friends. How did that work? Yes, uh, it's very it's the biggest blessing of my life. If I hadn't met Seam, I don't know if I'd still be doing this. He constantly gives me hope and inspiration to keep doing what we're doing and. Just being on tour with him recently, I mean, I was totally revivified. My whole energy felt back because he is such a, he's such a fan's first artist. Like he will do anything for his fans. We did a private show for a rabbi who was sick. We did a private show for kids with disabilities. This guy goes above and beyond to make every single moment he's on tour as you know beneficial to the community as it could possibly be. So as how we connected, I uh, most of my artists, I cold email them. I reach out with a pitch or an opportunity or an offer for that free trial. And thank God it was uh, COVID and he needed help with a really bad contract that was you know he was locked into because again most contracts lock you in for multiple years. Right and. He said, hey, if you can help me get out of this contract, free two months, I'll take it. So over those two months, we renegotiated the deal and he was able to get out of the contract without a single penalty, without any payment, without anything. So that was a real you know, blessing and, and he felt great about how that went. So after that, we basically just hit the road together and every single project since it's been really the two of us um, hand in hand, you know, figuring out how to do this right, how to serve those fans, how to give them the best content possible, and then how to make sure he can live his life in a way that's, you know, healthy and sustainable for him and his seven kids. You know, it's not easy being a touring artist when you have a family with seven kids all the way back in Israel. So we have to fly him to the U.S. and try to keep his days away from home as minimal as possible while also supporting that family and, you know, creating this great content that fans have been so excited about. So um, I feel very blessed to work with him. Again, he's just an inspiration and a good guy. So... Well, yeah, I just look forward to what comes next. I think we have a lot of good stuff in the pipeline. We have an HBO show. We have an animation series. We're relaunching his podcast, relaunching his whiskey brand. And as you said, sort of over the last two years since we started working together, it does feel like things have really been going in the right direction. And I just expect that to continue as long as, uh, you know, God stays with us. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, When you decide on an artist uh, to work with, and I mean, you reached out to him right now. He's going to come on at a later date but when you decide to to work with an artist are you and i mean as you said you want to be fans yeah do you have to be fan of the content mm-hmm. or just the yeah pers- or, or the person it's a great question i think it's both i think you have to be a fan of the content and a fan of the person particularly for management management's a very different business than production we do production and management management if you're not in love with the artist if you're not in love with their content mm-hmm. you're never going to last because it's a very hard job, very tiring, all encompassing. And I always say for artists too, I tell them, picking a manager is like picking your spouse. You're gonna spend all your time with this person and you're basically stuck with them. Once you start with the manager, you're pretty much stuck. There's a lot of what we talked about earlier about asset specificity. Basically, you know, when you invest in an artist, that investment is only in that artist. It doesn't apply to the rest of your business and vice versa for the artist. When they invest in you and they give you their time and their their resources, that is only for you. You know, they have to rebuild those relationships if they want to take on a new manager. So, you know, it's really like diving into a very serious relationship. And so I take it very seriously if we're going to sign on a management artist, that it's someone that we're passionate about their art and we're passionate about them as a person. And we really could see growing with them and working with them in a way that's, you know, healthy and productive. That's a hard thing to tell though up front. And a, a lot mm-hmm. of it is about having, you know, 
face that someone's, you know, art is a reflection of their their humanity and who they are as a person. And that's been so true with Nisim because, you know, he raps and he sings about the same stuff he's doing on his day to day life. And he's right. the real deal. He's he's as good as he as he preaches. So, uh, yeah, I feel blessed with Nisim. We have had artists who, you know, we no longer work with, obviously. Um, and those are just mostly because of time constraints. And, you know, if you don't love it and you're working, X, you know, 90 hours a week, it becomes very hard to, to go that extra mile for those people. So I always tell managers and I always tell artists, love the person you're working with and confirm that before you dive in the relationship. And again, that's why our True. deals are at will, because True. if an artist doesn't love us, they should just leave. It's not a good fit. Yeah, definitely. Now, one of the things that me and you spoke about is the relationship between artists and ma and, and managers. Yeah. Right? I feel, and we both, when we, we talk, if you don't want to be in the relationship, you should be mm -hmm. allowed to leave. But a lot exactly. of these contracts, let's go 10 years, maybe 20 years, 30 years back, right? We, we've seen a lot of horror stories play out in public mm -hmm. with management, 100%. I mean, record companies. We can name a dozen off the top of our head just of from recent. Course. And it's, it's just a nightmare. Uh, mm -hmm. If you are, you know, if we took the legal, put this into legal context, criminal, it's kind of like a false imprisonment because you don't yeah. want to be there and someone's holding you against your will to be there for, and for no other reason than than greed and and like vindication it's so odd to me like if an artist doesn't want to work with you they're not going to work with you it's you're, you you shouldn't sink their ship you know just because you want to hold on to them right. uh, it's ridiculous to me it's so counterproductive and again i think most people who get in the entertainment industry get in because they're a fan of entertainment because they love entertainment and i don't know what happens to people where they get to this point where they're willing to you know mess with artists and ruin their careers for their own personal gain i just really don't understand it and again that's why i felt very easy to make those three guarantees is that you know, we're really willing to let an artist go because that's what we would want to do in the situation where an artist is upset. Right. Even for yourself as well. But not exactly. Only, that's I, a great point. Even for us, it's even better for yourself. than to have like, that hey, messy listen, breakup where reputations right. are hurt and feelings are hurt. Let's just go our separate ways and move on and live our own lives. Got you. Uh, what's the backstory behind this picture? So, yeah, when I was in college, I worked uh, co-producing a show called GGN. Uh, there was a great team there, a lot of great executive producers who decided to take a chance on me. And uh, at that time, I was taking a very, very uh, modest fee of about $50 per episode. So we would book guests and, you know, help set things up. And this was right before the famous Floyd Mayweather-Conor McGregor boxing match in, in Vegas. It was the biggest event of the century. It felt like, you know, the whole world was watching. And so, you know, I was booking guests for Snoop's show GGN, which, again, I worked for for about a year and a half and we decided you know wouldn't it be fun if snoop went to vegas and interviewed the boxers and right. everyone thought it was impossible we couldn't make it happen i decided you know whatever we'll do our best so we reached out to floyd day after day after day and connor day after day and we actually were supposed to do both of their interviews it was supposed to be both of them it was supposed to be one the first week and then right. one a second week so i actually flew in for the first one that's the one you saw with floyd mayweather he showed up it was great Everyone loved it. They've become close friends actually since. They stay in touch. They've done collaborations since. It was a very fun event. I went to Snoop's show. I got to go backstage. We smoked a blunt. I say we smoked a blunt together, but it's not quite true. He was sort of 20 meters away at the opposite side of the room, but it felt like we were together. Um, and it was just an amazing event. I got to gamble. I made 300 bucks. 
It was like a wild ride. The next week I fly back for the Connor interview. I'm in the air. By the time I land, the interview has been canceled. So now I'm in Vegas and no, Snoop's not coming. No one's coming. They did get a hotel room for us. So I stayed in the hotel room and I basically just gambled for 24 hours and I lost a lot of money. So um, that's the story of that. It was very fun. When, when Floyd entered the room, he took a backpack full of cash and he dumped it on the ground and Snoop yelled, the champ has arrived. And that is a, a memory that is burned into my head forever. So uh, what an awesome experience and uh, something I'll never forget. I mean, hanging around Floyd is one thing. Hanging around Snoop is another thing. Did you ever get a contact from hanging around Snoop? <laughs> that is very funny. Uh, I got a contact of his, you know, enthusiasm and energy. Not, not the high, but Definitely. I got a contact of his enthusiasm and energy. Definitely. Now, aside from that, you, you've done some really cool interviews that I've mm -hmm. kind of found. Let me let me take you back a little bit to YouTube. Six years ago, five years ago, does it start ringing a bell? It does. It does. I'm a little nervous when you might show me. <laughs> and then you give me like the first story that comes to your mind okay. from when you were shooting the movie. Okay, ready? Leon the professional. Um, I had my 12th birthday on set, and they had like. Betty coming down. They surprised me That's during insane. a take, so they pretended we were filming, and then in the middle of filming, they like brought in a cake, and <laughs> put brought confetti, and it was really fun. That's amazing. Okay, V for Vendetta. What, what is what is it like talking to to Natalie? Natalie Portman was amazing. Of all the people I interviewed, she was definitely like the loveliest and sweetest. She like welcomed us in. I like I bring gifts for my interviews, so I mm -hmm. brought her a, a dead bouquet of flowers, and she was just she just took it as if it was like a normal bouquet of flowers and was so grateful. So it was very fun. She you know was very she played along with all the routine. It ended up becoming pretty popular. A lot of her like fan pages shared it, and uh, yeah, I mean I wish uh, we stayed long term friends, but I'm she's very busy so that was a great memory and yeah I'll, again something i'll never forget and that was uh backstage at boston calling which is an incredible music festival that she was curating like a women's international film type thing where there was music and film and it was a very very cool event that i got to see and to talk to her about it was uh was a privilege so uh yeah she's the best i i also saw that you you tried your hand at rapping did I? Oh no! Really? You did. You did. All right, all right, all right. One of them, blonde hair, blue eyes. Boom. And let me just quote it real quick. And I have a question, all right? Uh, I ain't got no type. Yeah. But then he said, "Bad bitches is the only thing that I like." Do yeah. I see? Do we see the the contradiction? Yes. I see where it could be. Yeah. Our bad bitches. I mean, listen, if the management thing don't work out, you always got a career in rapping, dude. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. That's an honor. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that was probably my most fun interview. Uh, we ended up smoking a gravity bong with them after, which was quite a quite an experience. Uh, I probably shouldn't say that on this live interview, but um, they were amazing guys. Uh, there's also a great little clip at the end of that interview where he fist pounds me from the photo pit. He's on stage. So um, they were really special. They were super nice. And that interview also went pretty viral. That has like over 10,000 views and uh, was posted about probably a lot of publications. So um, 
I can't really remember a lot of it, but it was fun. And one funny thing is our camera actually died in the middle. So my friend filmed the rest of it on his iPhone. So most of the footage you see is from the iPhone and a lot of it was missed because our camera died. Let's hope that doesn't happen in this interview because as you know, my phone is on pretty low battery. <laughs> what, what is the gravity bong? If you don't oh mind. God. <laughs> Explain that. Oh, never... No, I'm like falling out of my chair. What, what, it is, is, a, what is that? What is that? Tell it's me a device you smoke with that is very intense and it has two different glass pieces with water and you lift it and then the smoke comes and you blow, you you suck it out of there. So we brought it for them to smoke out of and they had a, a lovely time and whatever. We had a good time. It was very fun. Uh, off, off subject. And you've been around Snoop. Yeah. It, it's always fascinating to me when I see that all, when I walk into a smoke shop, they have all these apparatus like these bongs and glass and the water and like they make it like a whole science project. Look, dude, yeah, this yeah. This is not quite that intense. This is more like the degenerate version of that. Uh -huh. But um, yes, you're right. These days it's like going into a museum every time you go into a smoke shop. Right, right, right. I just want to smoke weed, dude. That's all. That's, <laughs> that's why I wanted. Exactly. I wanted... You understand me. <laughs> I wanna, I wanna play. Since you're here, man, I wanna play um, a, a video from Nassim. Oh, amazing. I want to get back to him because I know I'm going to interview him, but he's a different type of artist. He's sure. not. And listen, I wasn't familiar with his music until I reached out to you. I saw him because of a rabbi you oh, know, wow. um, that I'm going to interview, uh, you know, I think next month. Amazing. And he, I saw him on his page. So I was like, oh, wow. what is this? So I, I clicked. Uh, I went to his page and then I was like, oh, this is cool. I'd, I'd love to talk to him, get the backstory about yeah. his music and about his life. Reached out to, to him. And then me, you started up a whole relationship. <laughs> and then yep. I, I started getting familiar with his music. And I was mm -hmm. like, wait a minute. Like, he's different. He's different. I mean, he's the real he's, deal. He's different. Very, very creative guy incredible and the genre bending he does and the way he makes clean clean music and in the rap space is it's better than anyone else and that's why right. i think he has such opportunity is you know there's a big market for for clean hip-hop and pop music and these days it's really hard to find and he really feels authentic because he was you know a very famous rapper at 18 you know switched over to this new lifestyle and so he really can straddle both worlds in a way most artists just aren't able to and it, he doesn't even have to use any profanity in his music. Exactly. Listen, it's it's fire. It's fire. It's fire. <laughs> it's bangers, banger after banger. <laughs> Listen, I was listening today, and I'm like, did Aaron know what he got here? Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. I, I feel don't blessed, man. I feel blessed. <laughs> hey, let me let me play. Let me play. Um, Let's hear it. I love it. What should I play? I should play. Adore's a great one. We let's, got. Let's, let's, let's play yeah. a door. Let's play a door. Let's do we'll a door. Come, That's a classic. We'll play a door. We'll come back and we'll talk. Nice. Yeah. All right. I want to move closer, but I don't control it I know I've been trying, the doors and open I know it sounds funny, but really though In the beginning 
beginning, we really close. Now we just cruising up on the coast. Don't wanna lose you, I really don't. My God, I'm working so hard. I let my guards down and I'm feeling so far. You won't cut me off and I'm ready to grow and I'm ready to know you more. Please, I honestly say I'm mature. It ain't my decision, it's yours. But I will persuade with my all. Cause I'm ready to run to your arms. I just want you to know that I Listen, I can't. I can't wait to talk to the dude, man. He's amazing, man. He's I next can't. level. And I'll just say, coming off a tour, it just—it reminds me just how powerful those songs are to hear them again. So I appreciate you showing that to the world. It's special. I, I listen. I can't wait to talk to him. I didn't know that. Listen, I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't know that he was making that type of music. I know, okay. and that's just the tip of the iceberg, man. You got to check out the whole discography. It's. It's bangers all the way down, man. It's bangers all the way down. <laughs> forget about forget forget about um, him being a, a Jewish rapper, right? Yeah. Let's not just we don't see that. You hear I agree. that? That's 
CHR. That's that's a hit. Top, that's that's a hit. top forty. That's a hundred percent. A hundred percent. And what, it's, what it's is bad this? after that. And I think by a year from now, you're exactly right. I mean, he's going to be all over the top forty. It's just a matter of time. What what what, what are we doing? What what is the radio looking like right now? Why why aren't music directors adding him? To see so other. he's still up and coming. You know, when I found whoa, him, he was whoa, at about 30,000 Instagram what? followers and, and under 100,000 monthly listeners, which is really an up and coming artist. And he's really big in the Jewish world and has a, you know, a niche, but very dedicated fan base. But it's yet to uh, really spill over. And that's where I think he wanted someone like me. I'm both Shuva, meaning I grew up not religious, but I'm becoming religious. And, uh, you know, I think I do a good job of you know, making sure we focus on his core fan base of this religious world and this religious community, but also trying to, you know, get him into other worlds. Like we're connecting him with Nick Cannon. We're starting this HBO show. We're doing animations. You know, he's writing a book. We're really trying to broaden him and bring him out to the, re the rest of the world. Because as you noted, like if you don't look at him as a Jewish artist, you would think that's that's a hit. That's a hit. Like fire. regardless of what's behind it. So fire. Uh, fire. Exactly. So. <laughs> That's what I'm just telling people. I'm trying to, you know, you should be the spokesperson. We want to get them on these radios. Let's, so. For me, I have a disadvantage because I'm coming from radio, right? Yeah. I have a, a radio background. So mm -hmm. I hear music different from For sure. the average listener. I also come from radio, by the way. I don't know if you know that. I uh, was the president of a radio station for a couple of years. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here at undergrad. I was the president of the undergrad radio station. WHRB 95.3 FM. Shout them out. That's the... Listen, listen hard. If you're in the Boston area, it's the best radio station to listen to. Oh, I'm, I'm coming from 95 Live, Pirate Radio. The old I man, love it. We're both the, in the 95, man. We're both 95. <laughs> listen, we've got so much to talk about. Okay, we've got so much to talk about. I, I, I love what you're doing with the, the entertainment, the management side of things. And I know Thank we're going to talk, talk off air, but... It was really a pleasure having you here today. I know you have. Thank a, you, man. Thank you. you. I really appreciate it. I really do. And like, again, like to have this platform, hopefully more artists will find, you know, managers that are really going to, to take care of them and, mm -hmm. and more managers will be forced to give these at will clauses so that they can't trap artists moving forward, because Definitely. that's really the goal is to make this an industry standard. We don't want to be the odd one out. We want this to be the norm that artists can leave when they want to leave. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Aaron, it was a pleasure. Thank you, brother. Thank you. God bless. Likewise. Uh, Let's you're do more this than again. welcome to come, come back. back. Listen, back, all right? You're going to come back anytime, but, you know, Nassim is going to be here. Uh, I know, I know. I want months. you to ask him. Yeah. I want you to ask him about our work together. He'll have some we'll, funny we'll, stuff. We'll, he likes we'll to talk, man. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. But it was, it was definitely, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. You Thank know, you. Me um, too. It was an you're honor. You're more than welcome to come back anytime. It was a pleasure. Um, you take care, and we will speak shortly. Let's do it. Let's do All it. Right. Have a good one. Thank you Take again. Care. Take care. Bye bye.